0: Good morning, everyone. Let's stand and worship. And let's try to get everybody in the lobby in here.
1: All throughout my history, beside me the winter storms made way for spring in every season from where i'm standing i see the evidence of your good Promises in fulfillment All over my life All over my life Help me remember when I'm weak Your fear may come but fear will leave You lead my heart to victory And you always will be, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Let's do verse 2 again. Help me remember when I'm weak. The fear may come, but fear will leave. Because of you, oh Jesus. I see the cross, the empty grave. The evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away. Because of you, oh Jesus. Oh. I see the evidence of your good.
0: welcome you into our service this morning. Father, we, we thank you for your presence that we feel already. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Father, we pray that you would just follow us and guide us in all that we do today. We love you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name.
1: This is my desire. your way in me this is my heart i give you my soul i live for you alone every breath that i take every moment i
2: Good morning. Good morning. My name is Sam and I'm here to do testimony time this morning, a time where we can share just a story, small, big, in between, of how we see God in our life. So does anyone have anything they would like to
3: share? I'll come to you with the microphone.
2: I'm a teacher, so I'm good at waiting.
4: Uh, I want to share a struggle that I have with uh, following Jesus. Sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to just go on my way and do the best I can and just have him meet me where I am. And I feel like sometimes that I need to focus on him a little more before I go through life instead of just going through life on my own and and reaching out to him to where I am. So thanks for your prayers.
2: Oh, thank you for sharing. I think God meets us in, in every moment, even when we think we might not be reaching out to him, he's still reaching out to us. So thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of us feel that way sometimes.
3: Anybody else? Yeah.
0: Um, so yesterday I slept early and I woke up And I thought, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Sleep taught me that you don't just have to please the will of God, but you also have to please God, which no one really does when they sleep. I was supposed to stay up and talk to my new girlfriend. um, So I told her that, and we've been talking for a little bit. Um, She encouraged me to come to church and worship, which is why I'm here, and that's it. Any others?
3: All right, thanks, everybody.
0: All right, let's stand and worship one more time. Stand as you were able. This is, a, would say, late 90s, early 2000s. Heather, you'd probably know, but it's it's an old one, but a good one.
1: Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay. You have set my feet upon the rock, and now I know. I'll never let you go, my Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end, Jesus, lover of my soul, on the rock, and now I know. I love you. I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the
2: Good morning everyone. My name is Jerry Gaskell. Welcome to Genesis. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, I have some announcements for you, but first I'm going to release the students. Uh, We have Miss Allie and Miss uh, Amy in the back there. Have fun. Um, If everyone here would please take a moment to let us know you're here by uh, Filling out either the digital connection card on our website or the physical green card in front of you Yes, they're right in front of you in the pew. Thank you, Andrew If you're new to Genesis, please text new to Genesis all one word to 94000 that's nine four zero zero zero. You can place the physical green card in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary and this is also where you can place your offering if you have brought that with you. And thank you to all who continue to give online or through text. Here at Genesis, we strive to create spaces of belonging uh, for everyone and we encourage you to participate in, in any ways that you feel comfortable um today we'll have some discussion groups at the end of uh after the teaching we have many events that we do and there are many opportunities to volunteer if that is a way that you feel like you belong and with that Manya has some an opportunity i thought that was a good segue <laughs>
3: yeah it was okay so i'm basically up here to say if you like children and you like jesus which you should be in on at least 50% of that statement, right? If you're here, you like Jesus. Children are very fun. They just really are. Um, We're stepping into fall, and as we step into fall, I'm going to be looking for people who want to hold and play with babies, who want to hang out with preschoolers, who want to um, possibly stand up in front of tea and stand up in front and teach elementary kids. Um, who want to hang out with elementary kids in a small group and like get to know them and help them practice their Bible verse and do a craft and see if they got the lesson. People who might want to hang out with middle schoolers. They're not as scary as you think. They're really just little squirrels and they're a lot of fun. And I'm specifically looking for a man who might like to hang out with high schoolers. So. If any of that makes you go, hmm, and not ah, come see me after church, um, we really have a lot of fun. We really do. Uh, it's a great, 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 great spot to volunteer. And if you're on the fence, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a video up here showing you all the fun and all the Jesus that we've done this last year. So it'll like push you over but it's okay to say yes before the video. Okay, who am I handing this to? To Dan.
5: Oh, we go from the good stuff to the nuts and bolts nitty gritty. Uh, I'm Dan Buttry, I'm one of the elders here, and uh, I have the joy of presenting to you our budget for next fiscal year. And uh, there are copies out Uh, On the back, as you exit the sanctuary, uh, there's two different copies. There's one copy that is kind of a one-page nice and neat summary for most of you. But if you are a detail geek, we have the details because we want to be upfront about everything that we're doing. And um, we're a congregational government. So the church is going to be voting and affirming this uh, in, what is it, two weeks? Oh uh, two weeks, yeah. Uh, next week uh, um, uh, Ben Regal is going to be here to answer questions about the budget, so so I'm going to say just a few brief things, but if you've got some questions feel free to uh, bring the tough questions. We're not going to do the Q&A right now, but a few highlights to let you know. Uh, we've, we've lowered our salaries because of some staff changes, and so that's impacted our budget. Uh, but we've given a 2% cost of living raise to all our employees, um, salaried and hourly. Uh, because as you know inflation has been worse than that but uh, we wanted to do uh, something there we've also shifted our medical insurance to a stipend rather than getting medical policies because different people have different situations and so we're um, we're going to be moving out of that and giving our staff uh, uh, stipends for their medical insurance and um, we also one of the things a couple years ago maybe about four or five years ago is that uh when the budget was presented some members of the congregation said hey we are pretty well-to-do folks living in a well-to-do community and we're not we're not tithing uh from our budget to ministries beyond us and uh, so we were challenged. The church challenged itself to get the budget up there, and we now are hit 10 uh, percent of uh, of our contributions are going to uh, mission work of one form or another. So that's that's a big step. Uh, that doesn't mean that we've arrived, but we we hit that goal, and uh, we're very very excited that we we did that. It was a stretch. Uh, and in all this, we've also tried to get about a 4% operating margin, which is standard for nonprofits because of, uh, you know, just all the unexpected things that can happen one way or the other. And so we felt like uh, we've put together a pretty good budget. And uh, thanks to all the people that worked on that, uh, and, uh, and both staff and church members, uh, um, it's been a lot of work. and. Great job done. And you can see that. Bring your questions next week, and then we'll vote on it two weeks from now. Okay? So now's the time to get up and talk to each other, fellowship uh, uh, for a little bit, and uh, especially get to know somebody you don't know maybe, and bless them, and see how the Lord will lead you in those moments. God bless. God bless
0: you.
3: Amen.
4: All right, let's uh, get ready to go forward in our service. Good chatter, good chatter. At Genesis, one of the unique pieces in our culture is that we value a culture of development where we believe that we have to commit to be lifetime learners, that it takes some intentionality to learn from others, to learn about ourselves, and to learn from God. And we have this saying um, that comes up a lot in our meetings, where we try to choose curiosity over correction. So it's easy um, to have a stance or a position and to live your life from that stance and then to try to correct everyone around you that doesn't share that same stance. That's easier than embracing curiosity, When we say we hold our stances, or our views, or our beliefs, or our ideas, we hold them in a space where we're also curious about others, so that we can foster development in our community. This is an opportunity to grow, but often the first response we have is that it feels stressful. We feel stress when we're amongst people who have ideas that are different than our own. And we can feel defensive. And oftentimes if we stay in that space, then we actually miss where the invitation is. Because the invitation is to be curious and to always be in development, to always be committed to growing. I'm saying this uh, this morning because it's pertinent to the talk out of Matthew 14, but I also think it's important for us to be reminded that there are good people who hold scripture in high regard that believe different things than you do. There are good people who hold scripture in high regard and they believe different things than I do. And we are intentional at Genesis about trying to get them all into the same room. And sometimes that can feel stressful. I'm saying this because of what I'm about to say. Yesterday, I was able to officiate Hannah and Taylor's wedding. And it was one of the most stressful experiences leading up to it. And there was so much pain, and there was so much hurt being carried into that ceremony. And all that I can say is that God showed up in a really, really unique and beautiful way yesterday right here. And I know that that statement may cause some of you stress, and that's okay. You're still Genesis. But I want to tell you that our church and the way that you showed up yesterday is one of the most beautiful expressions of the kingdom of God that I've ever seen. And I want to affirm you and to tell you that I saw Jesus in each one of you, knowing that we have different takes on scripture, but knowing the command to love and to love well, and you nailed it yesterday. I just wanted to affirm you. As we enter into our talk this morning, There's an interesting study that was done, called the Biosphere 2 Project. And it was created as a research tool for scientists to study Earth's living systems. And it allowed scientists to play with farming and innovation in a way that didn't harm the planet, because it was in a sphere. It was in a protected environment. One of the most profound discoveries made by these scientists had nothing to do with a cure for some new disease or a new way of farming land. Rather, the discovery had to do with the wind's role in a tree's life. The trees inside Biosphere 2 grew rapidly, more rapidly than they do outside of the dome but they also fell before reaching maturity. After looking at the root systems and the outer layers of bark, the scientists came to realize that a lack of wind in Biosphere 2 caused a deficiency in the wood. Stress Wood helps a tree position itself for optimal sun, and it also helps that tree to grow more solidly. And without stress wood, a tree can grow very quickly, but it cannot support itself fully. It cannot withstand normal wear and tear and it will not survive. In other words, trees need some stress in order to thrive in the long run. Let me pray. Lord, as we step into the Scriptures, I ask that your Spirit would highlight for us what you are wanting to say. May we have an openness to hear from you. May our resistance and our defenses be low. May our sensitivity to your voice be heightened. And would your truth bring freedom and life this morning? We invite you here. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Continuing in Matthew, we're in Matthew chapter 14 starting at verse 22, so you can read along with me. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side of the water, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, had just been executed at a party. And unsuccessfully, in the text, Jesus has been trying to get some time alone. I assume to grieve, but also to connect with God. And instead... Of getting that opportunity, he got pulled into a crowd full of need. This was the text that Hannah spoke about last week. If you were here, it was awesome. If you weren't here, it was still awesome. You can find it on our podcast. This text was showing Jesus' immense empathy and generosity of his time and his attention, and his great compassion on the crowd, all while still processing the execution of his cousin. Our story, Matthew 14, 22, picks up after Jesus performs this great miracle of expanding the amount of bread and fish that they have in order to feed the thousands of people that had come. Then Jesus, after the feeding, sends the disciples off in a boat to the other side of the lake. And then he sends the crowd off. And finally, Jesus gets to climb the mountain alone to be with God. The description that Matthew gives us about that trip across the lake seems significant. And I'd like for us to explore it figuratively and perhaps even with our imagination to see if there's some deeper learning for us today from this text. Matthew focuses on the works of nature around them. Specifically, Matthew says that while the disciples were doing the exact thing that Jesus had instructed them to do, leaving in that boat, they experienced opposition. While doing the exact thing that Jesus directed them to do, they were buffeted by the waves and the wind was against them. Have you ever felt that way? (laughs) Show of hands. (laughs) Jesse referenced this in his testimony. You're trying to do what God has said, but it doesn't seem to be going well. You're trying to respond to Jesus' invitations, but it seems that the wind is against you. Maybe you feel opposition, or maybe you feel fear, or maybe you feel doubt, but you are buffeted by waves and the wind. I think sometimes we can be tempted to think that the presence of discomfort means we're doing something wrong. Yeah? The disciples being obedient to what Jesus has said yet find fear that their very lives are in danger, being obedient. And we should note this so we can remind ourselves of it when we find ourselves in similar situations. And it's in these weather conditions that Jesus decides, I'm gonna walk out to the boat. (laughs) The thing is, this isn't the first time that we've found Jesus and the disciples in this type of scenario. I think there's an interesting and meaningful connection to Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight, it says, then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, "'Lord, save us, we're going to drown.' He he replied, "'You have little faith, why are you so afraid?' Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Here, when the disciples are overcome with fear, Jesus establishes a baseline that he has mastery even over nature, over the wind, and over the water. And the result in Matthew chapter 8 is that the disciples begin to be curious. Who is this guy? (laughs) What have we done? What boat have we chosen to get in with? Even nature obeys him. Jesus is trying to teach them this principle that he and the father are one, that he commands nature, and therefore, when they find themselves under duress, Jesus can still be trusted. When we find ourselves under duress, Jesus can still be trusted. How many of you have ever felt like when you were in duress, Jesus must be sleeping? (laughs) Right? Yeah. We continue to ask, we continue to prod. Jesus must be sleeping. I think this is a good learning for us as well, that we can call out, we can shake Jesus when we think he's sleeping, and we can ask for help. But just a little bit later, six chapters later, in a very similar scenario, the disciples seem to have already forgotten that Jesus has mastery over chaotic waters and the wind that is against them. And we might read this and think, oh, all of them but Peter. I think Peter was still trying to figure out if it was a ghost. I think that's why he asked to be able to walk out there. But he makes his request, and Jesus invites Peter to join him on the water. It is curious to me that Jesus did not command the water and the wind to settle, when Peter steps out of the boat. A tree in a biosphere will grow quickly, but it will not mature without stress. So even at Jesus' invitation to join him, there is still real threat in Peters life and we should note this so we can remind ourselves when there's real threat in our lives that Jesus can still be trusted the wind against us the opposition we experience in life is not settled simply because we have responded to Jesus's invitation. That's a hard truth. The scripture says when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And then when they had returned to the boat, and climbed into the boat then the wind died and the response of those who have been curious before who is this guy their response is different it says that their response was worship saying truly you are the son of God do you see the progression of them growing in what they know about God and what they know about themselves. Jesus' first question was, why are you afraid? His second question in the second scenario is, why did you doubt? Because we already addressed what we should be afraid of. Why did you doubt that that would still be true? That's tough. That's a hard one. It's almost like Jesus is saying, you've seen this before. (laughs) I've come through before. And as they reflect, they move in their hearts from wondering and curiosity, who is this, to proclaiming who this is and they learn about themselves along the way, and they learn about God. I want you to consider this statement. God is committed to meet us exactly where we are, and God loves us too much to simply leave us there. God is committed to meet us exactly where we are, And God loves us too much to simply leave us there. This morning, I want to encourage you that answering Jesus' invitation does not mean that you will avoid hardship or will avoid opposition. What it means is that you won't face them alone. And this is good news. God is gracious to meet us exactly where we are in our faith and in our doubt. God is gracious to meet us exactly where we are in our certainties that change and in our uncertainties that change. God is gracious to meet us in our fear and in our courage. And so this morning, we wanted to take some time to go deeper with this passage together through our group discussion. And so would the group leaders uh, stand up where you are? So we might need to spread out a little bit. But we have, we have four questions that we want to discuss, and we want to listen to each other with curiosity to be able to learn from one another. So find a group leader, or group leaders find a pack of people, and if you need help, let me know. We got Jerry, Bo, Trent, Ryan, Jill, so maybe, and Sam, Sam, are you taking up front? And Julia. So we need someone over here, Jerry, can you do this section? Julia, you got a section there? Okay. Who's in the back? Ryan, Trent, you got a group, Roy, Jill.